Hey everyone, and thanks for listening to a new episode of Tinker Talk, the series in which we answer questions inspired by the last chapter of our book, Tinker. In this episode, you're going to hear from myself, Phil Brown, Chris Damboys, Lisa Hunt, and Jim Grout. Enjoy! The question to the group is, how do you maintain a consistent level of energy for a group when the days are very long, the programs are very long, and sometimes the weather is making programming difficult? I mean, I feel like in baked into the question is the assumption that we do that, right? That we, I mean, I think we probably all aspire to that. I think there's, for me, there's probably some acting that goes in, into it, yeah. right? Uh, I wouldn't say fake it till you make it. That expression has bothers me a little bit sometimes. But, you know, if I, if I can act a little bit more energetically than I feel, usually my energy will catch up. I also think that my, my expectations around what I'm supposed to bring for energy has changed. Like, I don't think that I'm responsible for being the energy leader in the group all the time. Mm-hmm. I used to think that. You can't be a tired, lethargic lump and expect people to follow you. But I think that energy doesn't always have to look like physically active circus cheerleader thing that, you know. I think it probably depends on your style. Like if you're a super energized person normally, maybe. But I... I was saying, I think there was a training they did in the summer that I didn't feel like it was my best, but that was mainly because I was feeling tired. But I don't think the group picked up on it. So I don't know if there's an acting component to that. Like I was trying to, but or they also didn't know what the previous trainings had looked like. So they had no way to gauge it like I would have had to gauge it. But I, oh, but I, a line I say after every training is that, especially during the summer, like I appreciate to the, I thank the group because of the training window being so short and the amount of trainings being so high that my energy does get low, but I do bounce off the energy of the group. So if the group is awesome, then the, the program is awesome regardless normally. If I'm tired because they kind of make me excited again, so it gives me like a second wind. Yeah, I always find I get my energy from the group. So if I'm feeling a little bit tired or whatever, I'll just try to focus even in on one person. A lot of times it's a person I'm trying to win over. Like I, I kind of find a target in the group that I think, aha, I know I can get them to smile or I can do whatever it might be. But, you know, then I just enjoy it and have fun. But, you know, there's certainly been tired days over the years, that's for sure. And I think I felt much the way you do that I thought I had to be Mr. Entertainment. And I could, you know, if I did 300 games in a five-day workshop, I, I had done well. And that was just stupid, <laughs> you know, in, in retrospect. But it, to me, it's always... I always feel like I only know half of the workshop or half of the delivery. So the other half happens when I show up and I see the people and it's like, okay, now I got this. And, you know, it's just seeing them and I say, okay, this is going to work well. I think for me a little bit, you you asked the question about weather. And I know that um, that has played a significant role in my whole career, not just in challenge course delivery, but as an outward bound instructor and a climbing guide that being prepared so whether that is warm clothes and a rain jacket or however I need to be present so that I can then help them maintain their energy. 
so that I don't have to worry about myself. So I think the little bit of preparation around that. And then a little bit of, it's always going to rain, so we're going to be here despite the weather. So let's just, you know, trying to get them to understand that despite the fact that the weather, the weather isn't targeting us, it just is. So let's have fun. Let's figure out what we need to do despite what is being thrown at us um, is really important. So maintaining that enthusiasm, because if you let the group spiral down, it's raining and this sucks. It's going to (laughs) suck. It's funny with the weather, too, because I am the least weather person. It's like a watch. I don't wear a watch. I'd say you always can find somebody that knows the time. You can always find somebody that knows the weather. And you guys know that from my conversations here. So I am, I would always be perpetually surprised by the weather. Like, Oh, okay. I, I never know what's going to happen so that I'm, I, it doesn't, it doesn't enter my head in any way. And it probably should. I mean, you know, thunder showers, I know enough to get the group out of there, but it's just, it's so funny. It just doesn't show up on my radar. And I don't mean it right or wrong. I just mean, that's sort of the way I, I think similar with Chris, I've spent a lot of doing outdoor ed, like the weather is the opposite. I, I it, it probably takes up too much time in my head, like energy in my head of like thinking like, what's the weather going to look like? There was a, I don't know, I can't remember exactly what country it is, but I was reading that there's a country that doesn't, um, in their weather, it, part of their news broadcast, they don't uh, predict the weather, they just tell you what the weather has been. I was, and I think that's that's cool. It's a, but I guess their weather doesn't change maybe as much, but <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's like, a, but yeah, it takes a part up a lot of energy. But I think like the, I think the energy. I think I think, and you were mentioning it with the the games. I think I've got better at pacing and like knowing to slow down and not do because the first day of an adventure basics or a custom adventure basics is always the one that is going to sap my energy the most sometimes. And it's because you're like, yeah, almost entertaining. You're like trying to demonstrate the power of the activities by doing them and you're in, you're doing. So sometimes I, I've caught myself doing too much on that first day. And then the pace of the whole training feels weird because it's a lot on the first day and then it slows down as we get into belaying and it could be spread more. Like we were talking about beyond basics and the pacing around that training because it's skills based that there is a, you have to go with the pace of this the subject matter, whereas an adventure basic is a little bit more flexible and pacing that a bit better to make your energy last longer. Because if you go full out on that first day and you're doing loads of activities, then you are going to get tired like by that first day. I think making participants partners in the pacing and the feel also, like letting them know. Like I, I remember at times when I've just said to people, look, I'm feeling really a little worn down and how are you all doing? What, what do we need to be doing right now? And it's amazing what they'll say. Oh, really? You're, we were only going for it because you seemed like you wanted to go for it. Like, okay, let's just slow it down. And they're like comfortable with that. So I think involving them in that kind of decision-making sometimes makes a big difference. It's like if you're walking or running with somebody and sometimes you just find this pace develops, you say, hold it, slow down, slow down. We don't need to be doing this. It's amazing, too, from an energy output perspective, too. If you think about like a uh, a person attending an open enrollment workshop here, right? Let's say you're here attending Adventure Basics, like the workshop I just did a couple weeks ago. We've all done many times. Like the amount of energy that you that one could take to be ready to be here, I think, is uh, exponentially larger than what it, I, it takes a practitioner like us. Because we don't have – it's the mystery, I think, that takes the energy, 
for me. Like that's where my energy gets drained is like, think, oh, it could be like this. It could be like this. But you show up for an AB here. It's like you got to make arrangements for your kids. Maybe you got to take your car to the shop. You got to maybe do some meal prep. You got to. And then you're like, who are these people? And where's the ropes course? And it's like, by the time you're like in your seat, ready to play your first game, it's probably you've like already done another type of workshop. And Mm -hmm. all I have to do is come here. I know what I'm going to do. Like, so there's also, I think sometimes that imbalance of like, yeah, we can be in sync with our group, but the things that take our energy from us, I think are come from very different sources. For me, it's like, who's this tough person that I can't seem to connect with or what's really going on here? Am I really getting to this thing that I'm supposed to get to? And I think for our participants in a training environment, it's often, oh, did, like, is my sister going to get the kids off the bus today? Or like, does yeah. my school have a flying squirrel? Like, I think you do that. Don't you, don't you do a talk? Uh, you're sort of a list leading to it, like the workshop thing. What, what is that? It's very, it's very quick. I learned it from my former colleague, Mark Murray, um, that like you're attending three workshops at once, right? The first workshop is the group experience and how you learn as a learning community. And the second workshop and the training environment is concurrently. And it's you thinking about how are you going to implement what you've learned? Like, oh, I would never play this tag game with my kids because this, or like, I love this game. You know, it's like your professional hat. And then the third workshop is like, are your like your Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Are those needs getting met? Like, am I hungry, tired, bored, distracted? And I just tell people like those. That's a lot of stuff to be happening at once. And how can I help you be most present in those realms? And I think it's I do find it helpful to identify that. I think that that, that probably leads the moments where I've had like really cool uh, responses from participants is probably when the energy that we portray and the environment we create means that they can almost ignore all of that rest of that stuff, like the, all the home distraction stuff and disconnect from their cell phones and that kind of world and be really immersed in it. So there's that is an energy piece in itself because otherwise they would get more exhausted if they're also worrying. They've got like they're trying to focus, but they've got all the other stuff going on in their head. So we sort of create environments where it's easier for them to also maintain energy. And when you think of it, we are trying to create an environment that does push one's comfort zone, however that might happen, you know, in, in conversation and challenges or whatever it might be. So that the weather, however that kicks in, but trying to, people have most memorable experiences. I mean, I, years and years ago, I did a Beyond Basics. It was just pelting rain four straight days. I still see some of those people they're like, wow, wasn't that amazing? <laughs> so yeah, somewhat. <laughs> but I, mean, I think that always... uh you know, when one of the years that we had the Bruins in Maine, it was a hurricane and we were kayaking. Bad plan. <laughs> you know, I mean, it all worked out, but it was it. And then same thing. People remember that one of the, when we, it's like, oh my God, remember when we lived through that? And it's just fascinating that that's, you know, edge of leadership this week that's here. I mean, that's what prevails. Yeah. They talk about Catch the people. With a little bit of hardship. That Hardships. Them. Yep. Fun number two, sometimes we call it. It's like it was fun fun in hindsight. Fun number one is fun during the moment. Fun number two, it's like only after it's over do you realize how fun it was. You struggled with it or whatever, you know. I mean, it's the outward bound concept, really. You know, the struggle was really, it wasn't supposed to be all just happening easily. Right. I think there was a, like the the weather stuff, there was a program 
and it's the same thing. You remember the moments where it's like kind of bad weather. But there was me and Ryan doing an SIT program when I was contract and we were running the swing and it was pouring rain. It was an Iraqi group here, pouring rain. And we were both looking like drowned rats, like miserable. Like, and we could, you, you'd look up, you could barely see what was happening because the rain was coming down so much. Um, but we would look, we would look to the group and the whole group were dancing in the rain, like their energy about the excitement of seeing rain that was not as common for them as it possibly was common and irritating for us was, was like a realization that, ah, oh, and that ended up being a phenomenal program. It was also, also funny because there was a kid who's unfortunately his shower gel had burst in his bag and, uh, it had gone all over his clothes. They managed to get out his clothes, but it was in his shoes. So as it was raining and as every time he'd step, it would sud up soaps, like soap suds would billow out of the, the shoe, and then when it, when he was on the swing, he would swing, and all of these bubbles would rain down on everyone. It was cool, but if you if I tried like if I hadn't seen that and had that experience, I'd probably not been comfortable or enjoyed it because of it was raining so hard, it was so cold. But you're right; that's you remember those moments more, even though in the time it's fun number two. Thanks for listening. And do it again. Thanks for listening. And can you say, uh, thanks for listening to High Five? Thanks for listening to High Five. <laughs> and then what about, thanks for listening to High Five's podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for getting it. I think I'll the guy. <laughs>